Welcome to another episode of The Selfishness Project, where we explore the idea of selfishness. Today I am here on the BYU campus with... My name is Naoki Takamasa, and I'm a student here at Brigham Young doing uh, EFY, which is a youth program for, um, for the youth of our, of our faith. We talk about um, Jesus Christ and God and how we can become closer with them, and we just work on it for a weekend. Okay. Yes. So since you're doing this youth program, maybe I'll ask you about that. Does, does the issue of selfishness or selflessness come up at all in this youth program? Yes, definitely. I'd be interested to hear about that. Can you say a bit? Yeah. So in the world today, we, we tend to focus a lot about ourselves. It's a, the society is definitely a me, me, a self-centered world right now. And so we try to center ourselves on the, on the teachings of Jesus Christ, which is to be selfless and be in the service of others, which is so great because you see these youth transform and you know, give themselves up, if that makes sense, for, um, for others and serve, if that makes sense. Okay, so it's, you train the youth to give themselves up, serve other people, and um, that's that's one of the goals of the youth program. I guess in a way you're teaching them to be altruistic. First. Not necessarily. I guess our main goal is to to teach them about the Savior Jesus Christ, which in turn, um, if you search the Bible, in in the Bible it talks a lot about the Savior being serving others and being selfless, which is one of the characteristics of, of Jesus Christ. So we just teach the, we just teach the youth um, to come to know the Savior, Jesus Christ, and also God, the Eternal Father. And then in turn, it's just a characteristic that they naturally build or like that just becomes a part of them throughout the week. So maybe by teaching them about Jesus, uh, they see him as a model, a yes. role model, and yes. then maybe he embodies selflessness and then they take that and implement it in their own lives. Yes, exactly. So, okay. Yeah, that so, is true. So uh, I'm curious about the, um, like I've heard that, uh, I mean one of the goals, well I don't know, is it a goal of the, the Mormon religion that you want to get into heaven? Is that part of the yes, purpose? Yes, okay. most definitely. Now would that be, is that a selfish goal? Like heaven is supposed to be a nice place to be, uh -huh. as opposed to some other places you might go instead. Yeah. Um, so is, is it kind of me-centered in a way to be focused on living in a way that gets you into heaven so that you can have a you know, blessed eternal life, would you say? That's an interesting thought. I really like that question. Um, personally, what I think is, um, in a way, I don't think so. Just because, so when we learn about the nature of God, so as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe that we are the literal offspring of God. So we're, we're spirit children of, of God. So as from God's point of view, we believe that He wants us back to Him because He lives in heaven. So we, He wants us to come back. And so to be saved is to kind of come back in a sense, if that, if I'm, if that makes sense. And so by by the things that we do on earth and by keeping the commandments of God and and also doing the things that we need to be doing, we're able to return to God's presence 
and um, we definitely believe that it is a it is a goal if that if that makes sense for to be able to live with God again. Okay, so it's it's a goal, but not a selfishly or self-interestedly motivated goal. You see it as I don't know a duty to to go back to God, and the way to do that is to get yourself into heaven. And the the, the motivation for for living in a certain way is not because you live a better life. Um, or the so the, the motivation for living a certain kind of life is not that you get into heaven and that's more enjoyable than hell or whatever the alternative is. Rather, it's just because you feel you have some kind of duty to get back in touch with God, and that's why you do it. I, I'm trying to get at what the motivation is for living in a certain way, such that you end up in heaven, and whether that motivation is is a self-interested motive or not. And you, I think you said it's not. Yeah, I I personally believe. Or I try to not believe that. It, I mean, obviously, in a certain sense, there are certain interests, you know, personal interests of people to to reach reach heaven, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. However, in a simple sense, I would like to simply put it as we are all striving to go to heaven because we love God, if that makes sense. I mean, it raises a lot of questions. Um, the, the whole, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of theological and philosophical questions Correct. hovering yeah, around this. There are definitely, yes. I'm trying to not get too far uh, away from the, the issue of selfishness. Okay, so maybe just to um, summarize, and we could try to wrap it up. Uh -huh. So you're, you're involved with this youth program, and you teach them about Jesus, and he serves as a kind of model for them. Uh, yes, sir. Correct. And that the, the the sort of life he lived is altruistic. Uh, can you would you agree with that? Sorry, can you define what altruistic means? Uh, oh, for sorry. Me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, living for others for the living sake for, of others. Yeah, living for others. Yeah, I would say so. So what what stands out in your mind is like some uh, primary examples of things that Jesus did that showed he was living for others. Yeah. Does anything come to, come to mind? Definitely. I would say the thing that when you were talking about that just came to my mind first is what we call the Atonement of Jesus Christ. Um, so many of you guys know that Jesus is a figure that was crucified. And so um, there's a little bit of a backstory about that where he was crucified and before he was crucified he suffered in this place called Gethsemane where he took on, I guess the right word was that he, he he took on, I'm trying to think of a different word than take on, however, I'm sorry, I'm just going to that, use that word, or he took on our, our pains and afflictions and our sins. Um, for those of you philosophy and Bible, I, Bible studiers out there, I would recommend um, definitely looking into that more because I'm not the very best explainer. However, he, he, he basically died for, for us, for you. And so, because of that, we're able to, um, it's like the ultimate sacrifice, giving up his life for someone else. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I've heard that sort of um, explanation before as to why he's selfless or altruistic. Mm -hmm. But my, um, my understanding of the history is that 
he was arrested by Roman soldiers or something at the at the behest of some Jewish uh, members of the Jewish community in Jerusalem. So was he when he was crucified? Was he really trying to do something? Was he giving himself up in order to save others, or is it just that something happened to him? He was arrested, and then the Romans they they crucified him. So, is it just that he was punished? I'm I'm trying to see how how is it that 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 case of being arrested and then crucified? Why should that be interpreted as self-sacrifice? Like if I'm arrested and I'm crucified. And then I undergo that kind of punishment. Um, I mean, that's too bad for me. But why interpret that as an act of uh, saving others from their sins? Like, how, did, how does that come into the picture? Do you have any thoughts on yeah, that? That completely makes sense. I think that's a fantastic question. So, before the Savior was crucified, he be he began this uh, process of the atonement, which caused which which caused so much pain. Uh, sorry, let me explain that one more time. So, in this place called Gethsemane, the Savior basically, like I'm gonna use this word again, took on the sins of, started beginning to take up the sins of the world, as explained in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John um, in the Bible. But as he, what happened was, um, I'm not 100% exactly sure what the exact process was. However, you can see it in, after the, the Savior was crucified, um, a soldier came up and pierced his side with a sword, and out came blood and water. And in the medical world, this is unnatural. When you pierce the rib, blood and water normally doesn't come out, or like doesn't gush out, if that makes sense. Um, so we can tell that an organ of some sort was punctured in, in his inner, inner body. And at the time, um, the only organ that could have ruptured was his heart. So what happened was, the Savior, in the process of taking up our sins and our in our in our trials and our and our sadness, um, his heart literally ripped and it ruptured. And so. In that, in the sense, the, the Savior was a sacrifice for our sins, if that makes sense. Okay. Oh, okay. I will, Asiana, I'll call you in a little bit. One second. Got a phone call. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, just to wrap this up. So, I guess. I'm sorry, I'm not the um, best explainer. I guess the, the thing I'm. A, I'm a, a bit unclear on is how how it is that he took on other people's sins in the act of being crucified. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of unclear on. Yeah. Is it is there anything you can say on that? Of course. Real, uh, as much or as little as you like. Yeah. So I'm not a hundred percent. I don't know how hundred percent it works. However, I do know that. God was born of of Mary, a virgin, and and so the Father is is said to be God. So it's I guess in a worldly sense we can simply put it as Jesus was a demigod, half God, half human. So he he had the power to die, but or he had the ability to die. But as a God, he had the ability to 
to take others' sins or the punishment. I would, I would explain it as the punishment for other people's sins and, and then be someone to be sacrificed for that. For an example, it's kind of like if you have debt and you can't pay it off, but I justice, I want my money back. So if I, if you're a debt, if you're in debt to me, I want my money back, but you can't pay it back. No matter, it's just a huge load. But if someone else comes and pays off the debt, your debt to me, and says to you, I have paid off your debt, you're debt free, except you, in condition, I want you to do this type of thing. So that's kind of like the Savior, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, we as humans are, are punished for, justice demands, I guess not punished, but justice demands payment for, for our mistakes, for our sins per se, in the, in the Christian faith. And so Jesus came over and he's like, okay, instead of your punishment, I will face the punishment and I will pay for it. But in turn, please keep my commandments or please follow me is what simply as I can put it, if that makes sense. What if what if I wanted to do this or you wanted to do this? Like, say I wanted to take on somebody else's sins. Exactly, yeah. It, could I do that too? Like, could I do what Jesus did and take on these sins of somebody else and thereby make them pure or whatever he did, absolve them of their sins? Is that, or is that something anybody can do or is it something only he can do? No. Um, so, my to my understanding is Jesus was the last and ultimate sacrifice. So in the Jewish period, um, or in the Old Testament days, what they used to do is they used to sacrifice the firstborn lambs, if that makes sense. Mm. So the firstborn lamb was sacrificed over an altar in similitude, and then they would all, that that was what cleaned their sins before they entered into the temple. So the Jews used lambs, and then the Christians they just relied on Christ. Exactly. So the Christian, yes, that was the difference, um, because in the olden days, or in the in the Old Testament days, they testified and or they 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 did. It was like revelation, is what we call it, but. They want, they like, they told of a savior would come, a messiah is what they said. And so that's where the Jews and the Christians broke off. Um, they believed, the Christians believed that Christ was our savior, but those, those who didn't are still considered Jews and they are waiting the savior to come into the world. So there's no more sacrifice needed? Like the Jews would keep sacrificing lambs. I don't know if they still do today. I don't know if they still do either. But the Christians, do they just consider Jesus to be the, the final object of sacrifice and they don't exactly. have Exactly, and we just rely on his atonement is what we just call to, it. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's interesting, we started on selfishness and we went to, into all this theology, but Christianity is very, I mean, it has a lot to say about selfishness, I think. I mean, it often says it's a bad thing and we want to avoid it and be selfless and yeah. altruistic, to use that word. Um, so I think it's it could be useful to know a little about the history and the theology yeah. for people who are trying to understand uh, this issue of selfishness because, I mean, Christianity has had a huge influence on Western culture. It does. And the whole issue of selfishness and selflessness is wrapped up, I yeah. think, with the heritage of Christianity, so it helps to go into these kinds of details a little bit and figure out, try to understand what's going on. So. Yeah, by all means, I'm not the perfect person, I'm not the perfect teacher either, so 
my recommendation is to figure it out yourself and ask what we call missionaries. They're like black people. They have not. They have black name tags on and always traveling by two and uh -huh. they might knock on your door someday. Uh -huh. Well, this so. was helpful. I, I learned more um, just by having this. So, But yeah, maybe yeah. I can talk to them as well. So. Yeah, definitely recommend. All right, thanks for your Thank time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it was chat. nice meeting uh, you. Yeah. Good to meet you.